Welcome to the Shine Within Podcast. I'm your host, Gina Kunarian, and I am so grateful that you are here. I'm a wife, mother of three boys, certified massage therapist, and an alcohol-free sobriety coach who helps driven women break through their alcohol dependency without the traditional 12-step program. Each week, I will bring you inspiring guests with focus on mindset, health, and spirituality, providing you the tips and tools to help you create unshakable confidence, clarity, and energy so you can unleash your creative potential and live the life of your dreams alcohol-free. So tune in for some fun, and if you are ready to shine, welcome. Hello, lovely listeners. If you're finding value in what you're hearing today, make sure to head over to the show notes. Not only will you find more details on today's topic, but you'll also get an exclusive invitation to join my free Facebook group, Awakened Souls. This community is perfect for women who are either super curious or currently journeying through recovery. Being part of Awakened Souls offers a supportive environment where you can connect with like-minded women, all working towards an alcohol-free lifestyle. Plus... There are special free gifts waiting inside the show notes, (laughs) curated specifically to empower and assist you on your journey. And if you're loving the content, I'd be so grateful if you take a moment to rate this podcast. Your feedback helps me continue bringing you the conversations and insights you love. Let's keep the momentum going. And remember, you are not alone on this journey. I am here to help you every step of the way. Today, we're diving into the transformative world of spirituality and breathwork with our special guest, Jess Patra. Jess is not only a coach and speaker, but she also brings a unique blend of her Balinese heritage into her work, focusing on ceremonies, rituals, and honoring ancestors. Her journey in personal development and corporate leadership is as diverse as it is inspiring. From conscious connected breathwork to global travel and wellness, Jess's experiences are a true testament to living a life aligned with one's spiritual path. In today's episode, Jess will share her insights on using breathwork for healing trauma, the spiritual richness of Bali, and how to integrate these ancient practices into our fast-paced modern lives. Whether you're new to spirituality or seeking deeper understanding, this conversation promises to be both enlightening and uplifting. So sit back, relax, and let's journey together into the world of spirituality and healing with Jess Petra. Thank you so much, Jess, for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. And if we could just go ahead and have you just share with us your journey into spirituality and and soul healing and what actually sparked your interest in this field. Yes. Yeah, so I grew up with my family. So my mom's side and my dad's side. And there were parts of both sides of the family that were already quite spiritual. So my on my father's side, he's from Bali and we are Balinese Hindu on that side. So naturally I grew up around r- daily ritual and being in ceremony and, and having beautiful honorings of our ancestors and the gods and, and the earth. So really unbeknownst to me as a child, it was already in my realm. It was, you know, I'm so grateful for the family that I, you know, grew up in because I think that I've really had the best of both worlds from, you know, an Asian family and then obviously living in Australia. Um, my On my mum's side, we talk about spirits. We um, 
not all of us, um, but a lot of us really connect to that, that energetic side and understand that there is something beyond us here, you know, in, in this physical realm. I do, or I used to go with my grandfather to something that's called a spiritualist church. I'm pretty sure it originated in England and it's essentially a church that has the the typical hymns and the and the singing and a beautiful person that will go up and and speak to the audience and then at the the latter half of the session they there's actually three or four mediums that are up on stage and those mediums would then you know pick people out in the audience and you know say hey I have a message here for for some for you from someone that's passed over so I really naturally was around, I suppose, that spiritual and that connection to the other world. Now, I didn't really step into fully understanding that and, and owning it until my my early 20s. And it was a, you know, it was quite a catalyst, like quite a, quite a lot of different events that led me to that. But I always knew it was within me. You know, it's almost like my my body and my mind and my soul let me have and experience things that were outside of the spiritual world and let me, you know, be a bad girl and, and do bad things. And when I say bad things, I mean like, you know, drinking and doing all the things that, that, that people do to really experience life. And so I'm so grateful that I got to do that and that now I'm on, you know, this other side and it doesn't mean that I don't drink or it doesn't mean that I don't experience and life and and do fun things but I've got the best of both worlds it's a really lived experience um, and I'm yeah I'm so grateful that's amazing yeah because some of us don't even grow up with any type of like spirituality or even religion like myself like it wasn't until like later on in life that I was kind of getting into okay well what's about what's Christianity who's Jesus and then like let's go ahead and go deeper into like the whole spirituality because you know Jesus is very, actually very spiritual and he he was actually studying in, in Tibet and doing a lot of different types of meditations and everything like that. And I was like, oh, wow, this is amazing. So just for me, just learning more and more about the spirituality, I'm just so connected to my actual spirit now. I never was because I was actually numbing it with the alcohol. I was actually addicted to drinking. And so with those experiences that I had to go through, I had to discover who I was and who my spirit was that was inside there. And it's just a, a wonderful journey to go through that. And during my journey, I actually learned about breath work. And I know that that is something that you do. And then you also mentioned like conscious connected breath work as a method for healing trauma. Can you actually explain what this is and how it works? Sure, I can. So conscious connected breathwork and the and the style that I do is called clarity breathwork. It's a really beautiful, beautiful, slow, heart opening style of breathwork. It is conscious connected breath. So there's this continuous um, motion of breathing in and out with no pauses and it is very conscious. So we're very, you know, very aware that you're doing it, not like our everyday breathing that we do. And I think the beauty of the clarity breathwork that I that I practice is that it really allows the person to, to really step into their body and step into the breath at a really slow and gradual pace to really get to 
you know, certain points of clarity or, or revelation or release. And I think that, and I've said this last night, I had a new moon breathwork ceremony um, with my community. And I always say that this, it, there is so many different types of breathwork out there and they are all required. They're all needed for someone. You know, there's so many different styles where it's, you know, yogic breath, so pranayama or breath work where there, um, there is that faster breathing, breathing. So there's that like faster shamanic, almost trance-like state that you can get into really quite fast. But what I really love about clarity breath work is that it goes there slowly. So it actually enables the person who is experiencing the sensations to, to feel them all. I think that sometimes when we we go really fast there and we're, we're breathing quickly and there's that hyperventilation and it's like we need to we need to get there quickly, sometimes we can actually bypass the feelings and the emotion and the trauma that may come up during the the session. So I really love that about the style of breathwork that I do just because it allows us to really feel into what's happening in my body. What, what, what am I feeling? What are the sensations and who is here for me? Who, what am I experiencing? And what is, what is the power of the, the breath really trying to teach me today? So I'm a big advocate for for breath work and, and all styles. So, you know, I just don't, definitely don't want to disadvantage any other style because all styles are, are welcome and, and necessary. It just depends on the person, you know, where they are on their journey, um, what they're willing and open to experience and, you know, just testing out different types of breath work as well. Yeah, I noticed that when I was giving birth to my children, I was definitely doing breathing. <laughs> Even when I have like, I used to suffer a lot from anxiety and I would have like these panic attacks and these panic attacks, I would like hyperventilate and breathe like too, too fast where then my whole body was like kind of getting numb. I was like, oh my goodness, this isn't good. And then there's other breathing where I'm just actually just yawning and the body's naturally <laughs> taking a breath through yawning. So I really enjoy the breathing, but I wanted to find out what is your favorite breathing technique? So my, I would have to say it is clarity breath work. And that's maybe because I'm, you know, in the middle of, you know, taking people through journeys on that. And so I want to say today, that's, that's my style. And, and as again, I said, and I kind of want to touch my heart and I want to, it's very heart opening because you're going so slowly in the way that I've been taught to, to lead these groups and these individual sessions and to hold space is just from a really beautiful, like feminine style of breathing. So I really love it. And I love the transformation that I see in my clients. I've had people of all ages, you know, I've had people be, you know, I've had wives, you know, bring in their husbands who have no idea what they've walked into and, you know, friends come in together to experience breathwork together and have no idea as well what is, you know, welcoming them on the other side. And I think the beauty of it is just seeing people's faces after and speaking to them after their, their journeys and just being so, some people are really gobsmacked by the experience and what they felt. And it's almost like this innocence of, 
reminding themselves, you know, who they are and and who they were and taking away, you know, the self-limiting beliefs and all of the, the who am I and, you know, almost going back to that childlike state and that remembering of who we are and that some of this, some of the stuff that we have in the outside world is is so small and so not um, worth bothering about when we remember who we are and why we're here. Because I think sometimes the outside world can really distract us from really, you know, stepping into our body and and being really present with ourselves. So to answer your question, Clarity Breathwork is is the style that that I love and that I use at the moment. But who knows that, you know, that that may change. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. And it's funny that you mentioned a, a husband is like going and say, what the heck am I doing? You know, his, his wife is bringing him in because I had just introduced my husband to like breath work not too long ago. And now he's like, hey, do you want to breathe? Hey, do you want to breathe? And then we even introduced my stepson. I know my other sons are, they kind of like it, but <laughs> the stepson really enjoys the breathing. And he's like, oh, right. I feel so much better. And it's really important to get them into that practice um, at a young age because I have a seven and eight no actually I'm sorry he's he just turned eight an eight and a, a nine-year-old and so with them just actually growing up and learning about like who they are I think breathing is a, an important part of should be an important part of their like morning practice or after school practice or before we go to bed practice uh, it's so it's so nice to see them actually enjoy it actually just one of them enjoys it the other two are like Ugh. my especially the oldest when he's like 15 so <laughs> he's like uh, I don't know about this stuff but that is just being teenagers you know but I noticed yeah. when I breathe um for me when I first started breathing I've been doing it for about a year now and it was I do what's called hypno breath work and it's it's also like kind of like a guided meditation as well where we breathe in through the belly and into the chest and out through the mouth using all in our um our mouth like you know, and then we can do whatever pace we want to. But I noticed that first when I started breathing, I was like getting these tingles everywhere. Do you know what that means? And I was getting cold. <laughs> yeah. So when we, when we breathe, it can start to, especially if it's that conscious connected breath and we start to breathe, you know, for longer periods of time, it can actually elicit different feelings within the body and obviously different emotions as well. So depending on the type of breath work you're doing. And so we can start to have those tingling sensations and we might get hot or cold and there might be, um, you know, different emotions that come up. I've had some people that have started to cry, um, you know, really, you know, just this this enormous immense of, of release coming through them. And I've also had people, you know, in like giggling through the through their session, which it was is so beautiful to see, you know, the the different the different parts of how we can release. And it is your body releasing, and um, you know, being in that very um, parasympath- parasympathetic nervous system state that you're so calm and relaxed that you're you're ready to release any tension and stress and anxiety that is within your body I do find that when it's people's first breathwork journeys um, particularly if they're having a deeper session that they tend to feel those sensations more so during the first sessions 
um, than they do if they, you know, continue on with the journey and are breathing every month or every day. So um, it's very, it's, it makes sense that you were feeling those, those sensations and those feelings, you know, as, when you started the journey. Um, so yeah, it's great. And I think it's really good that practitioners, you know, prepare people for those feelings. I know that um, I've had people come into my session before sessions before, and I think they thought that it was very similar to yogic breathing or um, some type of meditation. And there's some apprehension there. There's some, you know, there's a little bit of fear and anxiety for them because they're like, gosh, I don't know what I've, I've just walked into. You know, what does she mean that there's going to be these tingling sensations or I may have a release of emotion? But when a practitioner is, you know, holding space and guiding people and 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 giving them the, you know, handing over the, I suppose, the reins to say, you know, this is your breathwork journey. And so if you feel unsafe at all, or if those those sensations or those feelings become too much, you can slow the breath down. You can turn on your side, um, you know, if that feels, if that feels protective for you. And then, you know, rejoin when ready. So, you know, I think it's it's really beautiful. I'm sure that when you first started that your practitioner or whoever was guiding you, you know, gave you those caveats because I think if we're not receiving those little, you know, words of wisdom at the start of a session and then we start to feel that the the tingling sensation and and and, you know, in some cases the pain or the the bliss whatever whatever emotion it can be it can really um stop people from you know really dropping into it if they're not prepared yeah I remember I was uh when one time I was doing the breathing and then like I was I was crying but it was from like uh from joy I felt very happy it wasn't a sad cry it was more like wow I've come a long way, you know, I feeling so much better. Um, I transformed my life. <laughs> and so it was like crying of joy, but I've heard some cases where women are just like, because I mostly uh, work with women and also uh, I'm in this entrepreneur women's group as well. And so a lot of them do breathing exercises and have shared with me that they'll just start crying, like sobbing, sobbing. And perhaps that's, you know, the childhood trauma that they that is being released. But I, I think a lot of people are just having all that built up in their body and they don't know how to release it. And it was just bottled up in there. And so giving them that state of um, consciousness where they're just like at a at a more relaxed state where they're able to kind of think and sit with their themselves and their emotions and their thoughts, then it kind of like brings out whatever it brings out. And sometimes it's like, yeah, people are crying. It's like, oh, but that's, is, that's I think that's a good thing though, right? <laughs> oh, it is. You know, I, I don't want to say I love it when people cry, but I do. <laughs> I, I do because it's like, they have felt so comfortable to be to be vulnerable mm-hmm. and to go there and to feel because so much of society and so much of this quick-paced life that we all live it stops us it almost numbs us in a way mm-hmm. and so like you said if someone has experienced any childhood trauma that they haven't been willing to go to they haven't been willing to see for themselves at that point. I think it's really beautiful that 
firstly, someone can be so comfortable that they are ready to release and then letting it come out because there's some people that can start to cry and then go, oh, oh no, I got to stop, got to turn it off. And, and you, and I see that, I see that in sessions where it's, it's almost like they're judging themselves because I'm not judging them. I want them to cry. I want there to be a release, cry or laugh or, or whatever that needs to come through. And I think that there is that person that starts to cry and stops and that, that that's when they obviously they, they do need more sessions and they do need to feel safe and and maybe if they're in a group environment they need to be doing a one-on-one session mm-hmm. where they feel comfortable to, to do that with one one practitioner and yeah. you know for yeah. those that are releasing oh cry oh, I love it it's it's just what a beautiful release and and I think that you know always remembering that when someone's crying and releasing during a journey that that healing has only just begun because, you know, integration after a beautiful breathwork ceremony, you know, can last weeks and months post the session. And, you know, I would invite anyone that's listening and anyone that's that that has happened to is that continue to listen to the messages that the breath and your, your mind and your body are telling you, because, it wasn't just that hour of breathing that you experienced that you're healing, you're continuing to heal and to, and to, you know, pull down those layers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's beautiful. I love that. Now I've never been to Bali. <laughs> I want to go, <laughs> but being half Balinese, you know, how do you, how do the cultural aspects of Bali influence your approach to spirituality, particularly like you said, like regarding ceremonies and also rituals and also, um, ancestral like honoring yeah in it's interesting so I never realized how lucky I was to be you know half Balinese and and half you know Australian I you know growing up in both worlds I just I'm I have had the the best side of 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 both coins because I think if I was only growing up in Australia or only growing up in Bali I wouldn't have these two points of view so I'm just so grateful for my father's lineage and to to be able to incorporate, you know, ceremony and ritual and, you know, honouring of ancestors into my day-to-day. And it's interesting because I never really, I was doing it, but I never really knew, like I never had a a term for it. I was just, that's just what I did as a part of my, my day-to-day. So whenever I go back to Bali to visit my family, I always try and arrange it so that it is around certain ceremonies that are happening over there um, just so I can be a part of it. And I, you know, we have certain ceremonies that are, um, that happen throughout your life, you know, so there's a coming of age ceremony that we, we all do together and, and there's, you know, a ceremony when we're, you know, six months out of the womb and we, we touch the, the ground for the first time. Um, and a, a beautiful, the, what I love, you know, when you do go to Bali one day, cause I, I don't doubt that you will go if you want to, to go there is that you will notice on the, on the ground, there are offerings everywhere. So there's offerings on the ground, there's offerings on, on cars, on, on, on motorbikes, you know, in temples, 
And those offerings all represent different things. Each thing that's within the flower looks like a flower package offering represents something. Um, and we have the incense for, that represents the smoke and then holy water that we sprinkle over. So that's like the, you know, the um, power of water. And it's just such a beautiful, beautiful thing to to honour the different elements through that ritual of, of daily ritual and putting offerings down. But there's this, we call it skala and niskala. So skala is what you see in the spirit world. And Niskala is what you can't see. So the Balinese really honour both sides because we know that they coexist. And so we we honour not just what is here in the physical realm and, you know, we give thanks and gratitude to all that we see, but we also have to honour our ancestors who we, we can't see but we know that are there protecting us and guiding us and caring for us. And also um, the other elements of the spirit world as well. So, you know, the high spirits and the low spirits um, and the gods and goddesses um, that we honour too. So, yeah, it, it's such a it's such a powerful and beautiful faith for me to to be a part of. And I do feel lucky that I I can, you know, be in Melbourne and, you know, be in my home and pray to my gods and my ancestors with my incense that I bring home from Bali home to here and to to continue to to rem remind myself of my Balinese heritage and and what it means to stay connected to spirit regardless of where I am I don't need to be in Bali for that that's right yeah that's beautiful thanks so much for sharing that because I was curious <laughs> Now I'm going to go on the other side here. We're going to talk about your your professional dancing, so samba dancer, right? Yes, I yeah. am. So yeah. how does dance contribute to your spiritual and emotional well being? Ah, uh, so I have always loved dancing. If I think about you know dancing on a dance floor, you know at a at a party or, or whatever they may be, and I think. I've always liked to dance um, and it's interesting how I came to doing samba dancing and, you know, having that as what was originally a hobby at, that has now become something that I do professionally. So I get paid to dance at different events around Melbourne and I get to dress up and dance with my friends and we just have the most incredible time and it's it's amazing to bring that joy to people's parties and different events and it's actually very interesting how I came to dancing samba. It was um, a time in my life where there was a lot going on and I needed some type type of release. I needed to to do something different and and I, I thought, okay, dancing has to be, I'll, I'll try dancing. And so I nearly went to, it was either going to be a samba um, class or it was going to be a reggaeton class so that might tell you the kind of person that I am fun, <laughs> um, fun. so it was going to be either of the two and I started doing samba classes and I really it enabled me to to get back into my body because I had been through some some traumatic experiences and you know that numbing that, that I was talking about before there was lots of numbing that was happening and so when I went to these classes, I felt this, almost this freedom 
you know, in my body. I, I could, I dropped back into my body. I allowed my body to feel again. And the beauty that came with that was that I was surrounded by beautiful women who were really, you know, they loved to dance as well and they were all, you know, just care. We all, we all came from different parts of essentially the world to dance together and and they have continued to be, you know, amazing friends and and now I get to light up people's, as I said, events and, and dance for them and, and that's it's actually my joy. It's actually I actually have so much fun doing that that I don't feel like I'm I'm working, you know. It's so it's beautiful and I think that for anyone that doesn't that thinks they can't dance I would suggest for you to turn on your favorite song by yourself turn the volume up and to close your eyes be in a safe place where there's not much you know there's room for you to to move and I would invite you to to feel into your body and just move how your body is you know intuitively guided to move because we can all dance because there's no right or wrong way of dancing but when we actually drop into our body it's incredible the release and the joy and the bliss and that we can all feel from it especially if there's in if they're in our mind we aren't thinking oh someone's watching me and I'm not doing it right or whatever someone might think if they think that they can't dance because some of the most beautiful dancing is dancing when you you know dance like no one is watching yeah it's like a state of flow where you're just like flowing and by yourself like you'd be surprised how you bust out those dance moves when you're by yourself <laughs> you have yeah, so you're like fun. where did that come from <laughs> yeah I mean that is your spirit just like yes I'm here and then working with the body and it's just a beautiful thing because I love dancing I was just learning some samba moves um like maybe several years back and you know just the, the basic samba step and I had I know a couple of my friends they actually are in a samba uh, dance group as well and they'll do like from some festivals uh, over in San Francisco and they dress beautiful like I'm like wow I feel like I should go to Brazil or something but it's just the dance is so beautiful and the music and you were talking about you with a bunch of beautiful women I mean that energy with you ladies together I'm sure that was brought so much joy and happiness just being together dancing doing what you love doing and it's just like the energetic exchange amongst you guys. I'm sure you had a wonderful time. <laughs> and yeah, it doesn't yeah. feel like work. <laughs> it doesn't feel like work. No, right? it, it doesn't at all. And I think the beautiful thing is, is a lot of us, we're not Brazilian, but we really honor the culture and the dance. And a lot of us have been over to Brazil. So I I danced um, at Carnival um, mm -hmm. one year and I was on a float and you know, we we really want to make sure that we are honoring their culture and their dance and, and the sacredness of it. It's not just about, you know, feathers. It's not just about, you know, money. You know, it's, you know, that monetary exchange. It, you know, there is that that deep understanding of, and of bringing Brazilian dancing to people, even though we're not Brazilian. So, yeah, and the sisterhood has been amazing. It's It's really being so good and I think that you know and it's not always amazing like there's always there's always going to be someone or some people that kind of bring a different element in um, but 
but overall there's always been that that desire for us to, to just have fun and, and be together and yeah it's beautiful when women come together like that right it's so it's just, it is a beautiful thing and I just like can imagine like glitter you know makeup and then like the feathers and oh I want to go to Brazil one day and experience that or just be local here with to see the the dancers uh do their thing <laughs> during one type of like parade around here or something um they have it over in San Francisco and I'm over here in California so it's not in San Jose so it's only about like 45 minutes away <laughs> One day, one day. Definitely. <laughs> yeah. So I know we are just always busy in this busy world and it's hard for us to get like those spiritual practices in. But in your view, how can people or individuals integrate spiritual practices into uh, their busy lives and achieve a sense of like uh, well-being and balance? I think that people can do this by not putting pressure on themselves. So I had someone yesterday ask me if the way that they were meditating was the right way. And I said to them, does it feel good when you do it? And they said, yes. And I said, and is it different each time? So some days you have a good day. Some days you you don't have a, you know, you might have the monkey mind. And they said, yes. I said, does it still feel good after you've done it? And yes. And I said, keep doing that because just because someone says that you have, you should meditate 30 minutes a day and you've got to close your eyes down and have no distractions, don't think of anything that you, you have to do for your day, it's not necessarily the right way because we're all different. So I think that understanding that your spiritual daily practice is going to look different to mine and mine is also going to look different on different days as well, depending on my own mental health and what's going on for me during that week. So I think the first thing I would say is never compare your spiritual daily practice to someone else's and really make sure that you honour where you are today. So I think when we start to, you know, I know there's some apps out there where they say, you should meditate every day and then tick the app and that it's done, or you should drink this much water and tick that it's done. That sounds good for someone that's really task driven, but the moment that it then becomes a chore and it doesn't feel right and it actually brings you more stress or anxiety, then I don't think it's actually doing what it's meant to do. Yeah. So the complete opposite. Yeah, that's right. It's all, it's counterintuitive. So I would really suggest for people to, you know, write down the things that light them up because someone's mental, uh, sorry, someone's spiritual practice might be as simple as going for a walk in nature. It may be that simple. It may be a spiritual practice might also be, you know, not holding their someone's phone and, and scrolling on, on social media for five hours of the day, because that means that you're going to be fully present in all of the activities that you do with no distractions of your phone. You know, it might be as simple as things that are going to bring you joy from other elements or or make you be more present in your life with the people that you love and care about. Now I could tap on to the end of this. Yes, definitely. Like if you 
if you want to meditate and that feels right for you, you know, maybe that you um, set aside time in your calendar to to meditate for a short time or a long time, depending on your practice. And I would just also say to the meditation part is that I've had lots of people ask me, I can't meditate. And, and for some reason, people think that meditation is that thing that is, is spiritual, like that, that, you know, I, I'm, I'm being spiritual if I'm meditating daily, because a lot of people ask that question, <laughs> but some people can't meditate. And, and that's totally fine because there's different types of meditation. There's, there's meditation where you close your eyes and you are in silence. There's guided meditation. There's meditation. There's a meditation where you have your eyes open as well and you sit in silence. But there's also um, movement meditation as well. So it might be, you know, um, uh, Tai Chi or yoga or dancing. You know, some type of aesthetic dancing might be the the meditation that someone needs to drop into their body. So I welcome people to explore what feels right for them, to not compare themselves with others and to also adjust their, their daily ritual and that spiritual well-being day to day, week to week, and, and to not put so much emphasis on it has to be all of these things and I have to do all these things. Otherwise, I haven't reached my spiritual goal. So, yeah, really honoring where where you're at. Yeah, and I'm glad you brought that up because people think of just meditation as like oming and sitting cross-legged, you know, <laughs> on a pillow with their eyes closed with some like spa music in the background. And you're right. It's not, that's not, that's one form of meditation, yes. But there are so many kind, like, you know, there's a meditation walking, there's meditation, you know, even if you're driving, and you're in traffic and if you're just like mindful on like one thing that's even meditation you know <laughs> it just varies amongst people and um what I've been enjoying my meditation would be like breathing exercises that's like my form of meditation or even like you had mentioned hiking I really do enjoy going out in nature and experiencing God's creation source God's spirit you know's creation and I just honoring everything that is given to us and just like, wow, you know, amazing. The wind is blowing through, you know, in my, in my hair. And I just feeling that wind on my face feels so good. And just breathing fresh air, seeing the little, the, the water um, flow in the Creek. And then just seeing like the different animals around, like, like so I do massage therapy and one of my clients, um, we do the massage outside and he has, his family has a beautiful backyard. It's like he called, they call them their little oasis and plants and everything. And then there's these little lizards that would just come out. I think they're little alligator, alligator lizards, but they are so cute. And I know I'm massaging, but I'm at a point where I can massage and not really pay attention to the person because I'm just intuitively, I know what I'm doing, but I'm focusing on the, on the little lizard. And it's just like, wow, I, I, so even that is a nice form of meditation as well. It's appreciating the little animals and creatures that are around us. <laughs> Spiders. Yeah, that's, to... you being, that's you being present as well, you know, with with what's going on. And because and, we forget that there is little lizards and ants and this, this whole ecosystem of the world that is, you know, making it move, you know, every every plant, every animal, 
you know, is is forming th- this earth and this world. And sometimes we get so busy that we forget to really, I like to say, and is to smell the roses and, and to see the beauty of this world and this earth. Absolutely. Yes. Go explore outside, not in the city, yes. but go to the, the hills, you know, your lake, wherever is close by, <laughs> a nice destination for you to check out. Um, but finally, could you tell us more about your wellness and healing business and the services you actually offer? Yes. So I am a breathwork practitioner. I'm a spiritual mentor, a life and business coach, and an energy healer as well. So I provide one-on-one sessions with people in person and online. I also do new moon breathwork events once a month. We did one yesterday. It was a really beautiful, beautiful ceremony. And I also have a sacred circle community and um, my community is such a beautiful place. Um, each month we have a masterclass that comes out that focuses on different spiritual aspects and well-being aspects. So we've looked at the power of our thoughts and what a consciousness and breath work. And um, also we're going to have one that comes up that is about calling in our, our vision, so our vision for the, the new year. And as a part of that community, we also have a healing haven. So we do one type of healing per month. So it might be a breathwork experience. It might be an energetic healing. It might be a sound healing. And then we've got the community aspect. So we're all, you know, we're all doing it together and we're all, you know, on our different spiritual paths um, and there's no, no, no one's ahead of each other. No one's above each other. We are just all living our lived spiritual experience, and you know, and and growing and evolving together. Um, so yeah, they're the they're the things that I do with my clients, and I'm really looking forward to you know inviting more people into my community because I just I feel like that's what I was missing. You know, and as I've started to you know be on my path, I had to really find my own feet and read so many books and do many so many courses and 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 learn more so it just feels really beautiful to bring a community of like-minded people together and to to guide each other you know because it's I'm learning just as much as they are and I'm inviting other other teachers from around the world as as well to to teach you know their modality and and to pass that on to others that is so awesome. It's all about collaboration. Yeah, and the community is very important. Yes. And I think that's what a lot of people have been missing. They've been missing that community. And you just like with being around like-minded people and everyone who is going towards the same goal, like discovering their spiritual path and learning more about their themselves, it's it's wonderful to to be around that. Like I said, it's like an energetic exchange. You feel good when you're around people that you like. <laughs> You know, so, so true. Yeah. Now, um, where can people find your website? Can you go ahead and say your website and also uh, where they can find you on social media? Yeah, sure. So my website is putujesspatra.com and my social media accounts are at putujesspatra. So my first name is Jess Patra, but my middle name and it, it actually should be my first name is Putu. So Putu, for those that don't know, means firstborn Balinese child. So if you ever go to Bali, which I think you might, um, yeah. you, you will meet 
um, lots of people that are named Putu. So that's my my Balinese name. Wow, Putu that's Jessica. beautiful. I love that. That's very pretty. I love that. Yeah. So any last words or any last thoughts? Uh, I would just probably like to say that, you know, when we, we talk about daily ritual and, and what it means to you is, is not just, you know, honouring where you're at today with your ritual, knowing that it can change and t- really tapping into not the task that it is to do the ritual but the feeling that you want to feel. So if you're if you're wanting to feel calmness at the end of a spiritual ritual and it is bringing you calmness then keep doing that. But if the moment that 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 task or the chore of of doing this spiritual ritual becomes another feeling change it up, you know? I give you permission to to change because we sometimes forget that Things aren't always shouldn't always be task driven. They should be. How do I want to feel mm-hmm. after I've done this? So I really tap into how do how do we want to feel once we've done those daily rituals? Yes, totally. Because sometimes it reminds me, like on days that I wake up, some days I'm like feeling really good, and some days I'm not feeling really good. <laughs> so depending on, like on my mood, like what do I want to do today for my morning routine? You know, <laughs> and it depends. It varies. So that's nice that you brought up switching it up you know because some people probably think they need to stick to one thing and that's the only thing they need to stick with but yes thank you for bringing that up because that is very important switch it up listen to your body that's right <laughs> go with the flow as you said earlier go with the flow and and honor that don't don't make yourself feel bad or or that you've done something wrong because you haven't done it you know the same time every day like you like you should you know Um, yes well thank you so much Jess for joining me today it's a pleasure having you on and yes I cannot wait to learn more about your your ceremonies and what you do and how you uh, bring or give love to the world so thank you so much thank you so much for having me it's been amazing to my cherished listeners from the very depths of my heart Thank you. Every single one of you who've showered me with those warm five-star reviews, your kindness shines so brightly. And if you haven't yet, know that your voice and support always matter. Your unwavering love has lifted us onto Feedspot's esteemed list of best women's sobriety podcasts. And it truly warms my heart. With immense love and care, I've created something for you as well. Introducing the Overcoming Challenges mini course, crafted especially with the intention to guide and support you through life's varied phases, because we all deserve gentle guidance as we navigate life's tides. Furthermore, I have two heartfelt gifts for our listener family. One is a seven-day challenge, a tender beginning for those curious about sobriety, and the other, a personal sharing from my journey, six-step blueprint to an alcohol-free life. This encapsulates the loving steps I took, I embraced beyond AA and the traditional 12 steps that have nurtured my own sobriety journey. To embrace these tokens of gratitude and love, simply text GIFT, that's G-I-F-T, to 1-855-649-6196. Again, that's G-I-F-T at 1-855-649-6196. With all my love and deepest gratitude, I cherish each and every one of you.